It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brady Show. It is Wednesday, hump day. You know we're going to get humped to hump all up in here. Uh, in the Mother Chip, which is Studio 22, the puppet master Mark, the perfectionist, is at the helm, flying us into the nether regions, nether regions of all things insanity, sitting next to Chris, Super Mario Cruz. Uh, Lisa Reynolds back in the hot seat, hanging out. Welcome back, Lisa. Thanks for having me, darling. You're always welcome. Just moved to Texas already. I keep getting messages. I want to get into this for a second, all right? Um, here's the problem in Texas. We're we're three days in now. It's so our third day of early voting in this primary election. We're headed to March first. That's when we're gonna know. And I I got people who they, they still want it. They still want to come at me, and they want to say, um, "Ooh, Greg Abbott's done nothing wrong. He's been great. He's been great for Texas. He's such a great conservative." Folks, Article 1, Bill of Rights, Section 1, Freedom and Sovereignty of State, the Texas Constitution states that Texas is a free and independent state subject only to the Constitution of the United States and the maintenance of our free institutions and the perpetuity of the Union depend upon the preservation of the right of local self-government unimpaired to all states. Well, on November 8, 2021, Greg Abbott entered into a contract that places the state of Texas under control of the federal government. That contract is not the Constitution. And as such, the Texas Constitution does not allow Abbott to surrender our freedom to Joe Biden or any other president's whims, also known as executive orders. That's a violation, folks. Section 2 of Article 1 of the Texas Constitution says inherent political power, Republican form of government, all political power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. The faith of the Texas people, uh, people of Texas, stands pledged to the preservation of a Republican form of government, and it's not Republican Party, that's Republican form of government, and subject to this limitation only, they have at all times the inalienable right to alter, trans, or reform, or abolish their government in such manners they may think expedient. Well, on March 3rd, 2020, Greg Abbott assumed emergency powers, and with his legislative, uh, without legislative authority, he, first of all, made it where every person in Texas shall avoid social gatherings in groups of more than 10 people, uh, there were no there were no notices, no orders regarding churches in that at that time. He said, avoid eating or drinking at bars, restaurants and food courts or visiting gyms or massage parlors, uh, provided, however, that the use of drive through pickup or delivery options is allowed. Uh, you couldn't visit nursing homes, retirement or long term care facilities unless to provide critical assistance and schools shall temporarily close. Now, by ordering these these measures, it's a violation of the Texas U.S. Constitution. We ceased being a Republican form of government with separation of powers and the Bill of Rights. It goes on and on. I could do this all day long of the things that he's done. March 22nd, all licensed healthcare professionals and all licensed healthcare facilities shall postpone all surgeries and procedures that are not immediately medically necessary to correct a serious medical condition of or to preserve the life of a patient. Well, you see where this is going, right? This is Greg, orders, Greg Abbott's order, right? That's not equal treatment under the law. People died as a result of that order. Only a very few life-saving surgeries need to be performed right away. That is why they are scheduled, uh, deciding who was essential and non-essential and putting millions of Texans out of work for months. He violated the very basics of equal treatment, which are described in Section 3 of the Texas Constitution. We keep on going. There's like I could do like, and this is I'm reading this off of my friend Robert West, who wrote a great book called The Five Star Plan. I've recommended it all over the state. People need to get it. And Five Star Plan is incredible. And so I'm just reading off of his his Facebook page these various violations. You know, I, I tell people everywhere I go around the state. You know, you you signed a contract with the gym. He said you couldn't go to the gym. Said you couldn't go to the gym. 
do you understand that's a constitutional violation? You entered into a contract with another entity. He, the government can't step in and make that contract null and void. It's a constitutional violation. Whether you want to go to the gym or not, you have a right to go to the gym. It's a constitutional violation. Uh, I never so, looked at it that way. That's so, a really good point, by so, the way. Yeah, so he doesn't. He does. He doesn't. He hasn't done a good job. And then he came in and in the Easter season he shut down churches. People couldn't. I mean, on the holiest time of the year for the Christian faith, you're going to shut down churches. Um, I mean, absolutely. Freedom to associate. Number. It's criminal. Um, prior to COVID, the year before COVID, Dallas appellate courts handled 1,700 cases. During the lockdowns, they only handled nine. Um, and by the way, that's Section 16, which is bills of attainder, ex post facto, or retroactive laws impairing obligation of contracts. That's the one on the gym. So no bill or attainder, ex post facto law, retroactive law, or any law impairing the obligation of contracts shall be made. So if you had a contract and you couldn't fulfill that contract, guess what? Because of the government, that's a constitutional violation. Um, not to mention it put gyms out of business in a lot of cases. So, yeah, he's, he's a stand-up guy. Um, the, um, there was um, – and then, and then retroactive, May 7th, Greg Abbott issued a mandate retroactive to April 2nd and suspended any law that would result in jail time for COVID-19 violations. Retroactive. Um, the uh, you've got Section 17 taking property for public use, special privilege, privileges and immunities, control of privileges and franchises. Um, when the businesses were shut down, damaged and destroyed, uh, no restitution was given that the taking for a pandemic is not allowed under that provision. See, the problem is people forget about this. People forget all, that all this. They happened. don't know what their rights are. People forget that all this happened. They don't know what their rights are. And then now, because Texas has like some of the best bounce back uh, economies, like yeah. they're just going to pretend like, oh, it was fine. It wasn't that bad. But it, uh, <laughs> you forget that a, a little infringement of your rights is a lot of infringement on your rights and that inevitably it's me, they have the power to take everything away from 100 percent right um 100 right let me read this facebook post from my friend rj brooks um texas economy has gone from 19th under governor perry to 28th under abbott in 2020 he put over 3 million texans out of work and bankrupted over 10,000 small businesses we bottomed out at 38th in the country and still haven't recovered hey, people won't talk about how great texas is we're not uh we're it's this that's why they call us a sinkhole state uh, the state hasn't been paying its bills, essentially, and eventually that bill will come due. Most recently, Illinois had this happen. Um, and he lists several of the articles that I do. If you go to Prather2022.com and sign up, if you've signed up on our email address, we send out news every single day that's relevant to the state of Texas. Um, he, uh, Under Abbott, he's taken two programs, which is Chapter 313 and TEF, and used it as his personal campaign fund. These programs were originally designed to lure companies to Texas. What it's been used as under Abbott is a slush fund that Texans are paying for. Most of these companies donate to Abbott in return. The cost to taxpayers is $500,000 per job created. Good Lord. That's not a good return on investment, folks. Um, and I wrote an article on uh, Prather2022.com. And I know you, you people are like, eh. listen, Samsung's, this is my article, Samsung's $17 billion deal came with Texas size incentives. Um, and this, this, that was on Prather2022.com. And uh, that's from The Real Deal. I don't know if anybody reads The Real Deal, so I give them the credit. Um, but it took almost a billion dollars of publicly funded incentives to swing a Samsung real estate deal that Texas Governor Greg Abbott's office called the largest foreign direct investment in Texas on record. About $981 million from state and local authorities helped convince the South Korean company this year to build a $17 billion semiconductor factory on a 1,200-acre field near the central Texas town of Taylor, according to the Austin American Statesman. 
Um, what happened to American investment? Well, the thing about it is you're paying property taxes out the wazoo, and you're going to give them that kind of tax break, South Korean, to come in here and do business here. And you say, oh, it's jobs for Texans. No, it's not. Don't you remember the narrative like small businesses are the backbone of our of right. our nation, right? What happened to that? Right. Now, well, they now, got shut down during COVID. By Samsung. Yeah. they. Well, they, so. not just by Samsung, but by our own government and then now Samsung and big Amazon and whoever else. He gave them a $954 million property tax break from the city, county, and school district over a 30-year life of the contracts. That's in addition to a $27 million grant from a state incentive fund. Uh, don't forget, now, this is the dude who sent a letter to the CCP congratulating them on 70 years of rule in China. There you go. How did I uh, not know that? Huh? How did I? I feel like I'm learning a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of things people ought to right know. Um, uh, it was Abbott who in 2019 signed SB 11, which mandates SEL social emotional learning in every K through 12 school. His TEA commissioner that he appointed, Mike Morath, is who pushed uh, the castle as the preferred curriculum. And um, listen, his CRT push didn't stop there. It's also mandated in our Texas military, who Abbott is commander in chief, as well as our state departments. Our state funded colleges under the appointment of Abbott's board of regents have now started this program on campuses. Um, Abbott last year hired a BLM co-founder uh, to an A&M campus, Texas A&M campus. Where's my Aggies? <laughs> um, so it goes on and on and the on. Things on, that, on, on the on, things on, that on. Texans should worry about the most are indoctrination of our kids, yep. uh, prohibiting small businesses from excelling or, and even you know, having them operate, function at all, and the border. Right. Because um, you know, they're the three things that will fundamentally change not just Texas, but Here's, all our whole entire nation. So I my most recent um my most recent text message, we send out text messages to to voters. Um the uh oh God, I get there's so much I want to read to you folks. I'm just it's my show, I'll do what I want to do. <laughs> Uh, here's our the most recent text message. Your Texas freedoms have been violated countless times in the last 18 months. It's time to replace this governor with a true conservative who will never tell Texans they are non-essential. This governor chose money and power over you and your family. I'm Chad Prather. I'm running for governor of Texas in order to defend your God-given rights to individual liberty, protect our Texas border, and stand against cultural Marxism in our Texas schools. Just a summary of what you just said. Exactly. 100%. So, um, uh let me read this. Sarah Field, who works for my campaign and also a member of the Texas Freedom Coalition, uh, she's just sent this text message. She said, I was just typing this out. And so I, I haven't even read all of this, but I'm just going to put it out. Uh, so forgive me, Sarah, if it says something you shouldn't say. <laughs> Under Abbott's leadership, let's talk about parental rights. In 2020, Greg Abbott shut our schools down. It wasn't the federal government or Biden. It was Governor Greg Abbott. He is the one who said that you as a parent do not have the right to send your child to school. In July 2020, Greg Abbott is the one who said that your child has to go to school with a mask on. That was not local government. That was not the federal government. That was Greg Abbott. And he kept that mask mandate in place for over nine months. So I think you need to ask the question, where were the parents' rights when you wanted to send your child to school without a mask in 2020? Science didn't support it but he did it anyway he's also the one who chose that parents couldn't go to classes with their children in the name of safety where were the parents rights when children were being isolated behind plexiglass in the cafeteria or were not able to play with their friends on the playground for the entire year you could not eat lunch with your own child i challenge greg abbott uh, where were you standing for parental rights during that time? The parental rights bill that is being pushed on Abbott's campaign trail is political theater. If a candidate did nothing to protect your parental rights for the last two years and then begins to preach about parental rights during the campaign, it is by 
definition, political theater. Vote accordingly. Sarah's a smart girl. Yeah, there's you can't review any. Can't, I mean, it's just there. <laughs> what right? you so I, I just that, that's why I say I, I had to take that that 12 minutes right there that we just took. And people want to say, oh, Abbott's done a great job. <laughs> You're not paying attention. People said that when we were getting like the supplements that were coming, like um, that were come the stimulus checks that were coming from the federal government. They're like, well, our federal government shut us down. No, actually, it was not your federal government that right. shut you down. It was your independent governors. It was your state governments that shut right. you down. It was not the federal government. Well, and you and I were talking about, you know, talking about it before. You know, the federal government sent 19 billion dollars for public education, uh, COVID relief, pandemic relief to the Texas public schools. 19 billion. They spent $1.1 billion, so $17.9 billion is somewhere out in the wind. We don't know where that $17.9 billion is. I have a feeling that it's collecting interest somewhere that's benefiting some of the powers that be. It's some crooked bullshit, man. It really is. And, and I like this whole thing. I, you know, look, I get the death threats. I get the stupidity. I get the trolls. I know that the Abbott campaign, they're paying people like $1,500 a month just to troll social media and i can spot them i can spot them. people are like you're kind of rude to that person it's because they're an effing troll there's tons of them out there but back to the education stuff so i have a breakdown um from texas uh, education department yeah. of how much went to each uh school via district like you know yeah. um Brazoria district or whatever go look at the number there and like and and see how many millions went to each one and what did they do yeah we're gonna get that we're gonna what, get that what I'm gonna did put they it do like, yeah. what did they do with the money? Did they, they what, put in special water fountains so that kids could drink? <laughs> or they, what, put little plexiglass things up that cost probably 20 cents to make? Where, where yeah. did that money go? Well, so How like, is it helping our yeah, children? It's it, went, not. it went to making sure that your kids say stayed segregated between the vax and the unvax and the mass and the unmasked. Just keep them scared. Yeah. Keep them, yeah, yeah. Keep them scared exactly. and keep implementing that CRT. Bastards. I know. It's, it's really disgusting. People don't say it. Get your kids out of public school now. <laughs> Get them out. Get them out. Hey, why are 97% of the chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as a family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors. <clears throat> Their fish swim wild in the ocean, and moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com slash chat. Get a free year of filet mignon for free, and uh, then pick what meals you want delivered with your first box. Change what you get each month and cancel any time. Chris Cruz heard me talking about this stuff. He, he loved the moink. He signed up. He got a year of filet mignon. You get a free year of steak? God, God, Chris, I'm coming to your house. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted, and I agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. They guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moink. That's right, baby. Just join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash chad right now. Listeners of this show to this show are going to get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you're ever going to taste. Limited time, though, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Chad. That's moinkbox.com slash Chad, and we'll be right back.
Now, before we, we get into what I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about this, but we're going to talk about this because we're exposing some crap today, all right? Talked about Greg Abbott. We're going to expose some more crap. Before we do it, Lisa, we got to do a booster shot. Booster shot. Right tequila. Cheers. Oh! Drink from the skull. Mmm. That's Elijah Schaefer's skull right there, that skull glass. And John Doyle's tequila, right? Yeah, well, it's my tequila. John gave it to me in, in an apologetic fashion. As he, as he absolutely needed to do. You know, John is one of the smartest young men I know. One of my favorite people. I mean, he, he does that thing that I really like when people see it from another perspective. He's solid at that. It's just a natural deal. But sometimes young people make mistakes. And he made up for they it. They get swindled. They get, they get caught up in the hype. Yeah, and then they, it's the hype. It's they the accidentally hype. I mean, I make mistakes. agree to things that they don't know what they're agreeing to. That was yeah, a, they do. That was I love a total John. naive moment there. I love John. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, we took a little shot because I, I have to do something to calm my, calm my nerves. Sometimes I just run across something where it's like, you know what? I just want to kill that person. Like, I just want to kill that person. Up. Just, String just, up. just want to kill that person. So uh, State University of New York at Fredonia professor. He's under investigation by the school after videos emerged of him defending pedophilia and insisting it wasn't obvious to him why it was wrong, according to the report. Play the clip. Imagine that an adult male uh, wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. A, a very standard, very widely held view that there's something deeply wrong about this, and it's wrong independent of it being criminalized. It's not obvious to me that it is, in fact, wrong. I think this is a mistake. And I think that exploring why it's a mistake will tell us not only things about adult child sex and statutory rape, but also about fundamental principles of morality. That is Professor Stephen Kirshner. He teaches libertarian philosophy and applied ethics. Yeah. Um, Did you notice that he's only under investigation? He's only under investigation. I mean, he, he deserves a baseball bat to the skull. This is where this is where the individual has gone too far, and and, and us having no as a country sense of uh, universal morality is a problem. So here's the thing: I've been saying I'm a prophet. Okay, I, I just I, I just tell what's going to happen. I'm a cultural prophet. I'm here for this. I'm, I'm just at this point where I, I've called it over and over again. So I've said as long as and I've said this for the last 25 years, we're going to continue to normalize depravity. Right. Laugh at it. Launder it. Pedal it out there. Make it easier for public consumption. And that was everything from uh, things in the LGBT community. Uh, and, and listen, understand, there's gay and then there's gay. Right. There, there's like political gay. It is. And you, you can come at me all you want. If you're gay, you're gay. But when you start politicizing your sexuality, there's another thing. So we see it a lot in the LG, we've seen it a lot in the LGBT community. Oh, it's more than that. It's 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 the depravity of it. It's okay if you want to do things and ha- and and have things in your own bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was on board with the okay slippery slope, but here we are, right? Like right. that that's how you were born. That's your life. Whatever. But that's not what's happening anymore. It is like they're forcing people right. to like accept this, and then you're out of the club if you're not like that too. Right. And to where it's a, a demoralization of society. There are no, like, whatever is whatever I think is right in my conscience for me is right. Whatever you think is right in your conscience for you. <clears throat> so you could think it's okay to kill me. 
right? And that's that's fine. That's that's what our system has become. That's exactly right. So you you determine the truth. That's why when they got into this whole my truth nonsense, right? No, 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 no. Yep. There there is no my truth. Now there may be your story, but it, but you're, it's not your truth. Okay. So then then you're like, I I said this 20 years ago. I said. The next step is they will get to a point where they start normalizing gender dysphoria. That's happened. And if you're not in that club you just talked about, then you're screwed. So LGBTQ plus whatever, the B stands for bi, which is an admission that there's only two genders. No, but then then they're starting to make up all these other things, right? That that just mean you're normal and you're a kid and like you, like they have this one where it's just like, I want to be, I just, I'm only interested in people that I really form strong attachments with and I'm in love with. You mean, you so you're normal. So you're normal. So you're normal. So you're normal. Like I only want to be around people I like. But you need to Wow. And the other thing that they're doing too is trying to say that they have like multiple personalities and like that's the new thing. Like that's normal. So schizophrenia. But scarier than that is this guy. So, okay, so then I said at some point they're going to start trying to normalize pedophilia. So so we still look at this and we say, all right, this guy, meh, he deserves the consequences, right? Because he's gross. I would do it myself. Yeah. And, um, but you put this stuff out there enough and suddenly it gets normalized because you hear it enough times, it gets normalized. Like if I'd have told you, if I'd have told you back in 2015 that there's going to come a day in the next five years where everybody is going to take a piece of paper and wrap their head in it, and that's going to be normal for society and culture, you would have said you're an idiot, you're crazy, you're what? What are you even talking about? But you hear it enough times. Don't you notice though that this is all always under the guise of empathy? Right. Like it's always under I want to be the caring person. Right. So, okay, it's not his fault. He was born attracted to kids. It's not his fault. He's gay. It's not his fault. He likes to wear a plug in his butt as a tail. Right. Like like it's not it's not it's not his fault. He wants that these people want all these things to happen. And so you have to feel compassionate and you're a bad person if you don't agree with these new weird norms of society no as a matter of fact we are the good people trying to make sure everybody lives their own life and you can only be free if you're not a if you're not a slave to your own desires and your own excesses then that's and that why? Is exactly what's happening and that's why they're bringing it even further bestiality i can't bestiality this. and you say oh no i've said this i used to say this all the time i was like they're gonna go to pedophilia they're, oh they would never do that and people used to come at me even on social media oh that's would never it's happening and then bestiality oh i can't believe that you're compared i'm not saying that if you're gay you're into bestiality so don't draw a conclusion i'm not making here i'm just saying the further we go and allow depravity to have its have its say and try to normalize it People are going to come up with all kinds of weird crap to do and say that it's just, and again, they're going to claim empathy on this. And so the Biden administration, they just appointed a drag queen, LGBTQ plus activist who has lectured on kink in college campuses, <coughs> likes animals. This is for energy though, right? Yeah. It's, it's the energy department, policy. U.S. Department of Energy. Um, so he's into animals you can see they're kind of doing the dom thing and he's even talked about i read the article the other day talking about Tons of know, the tail in, that room. in the butt plug you know and all this kind of stuff i can't um the uh i can't read that tweet let's see you read it can you see it lisa kind of 
Um, I have some pretty big news to share with you. Okay, there we go. I have some pretty big news to share with you all today. I've accepted the offer to serve as Deputy Assistant Secretary of, I see, I can't read it. Spent, Spent fuel, fuel and waste. Dis- wait. Waste. Waste yeah, disposition. I'm like squinting. I'm getting old. In the Office of Nuclear Energy and the Department of Energy. Well, there we go. So anyway, uh, and then they were talking about, you know. Um, but like for what? Like why can't we just have any normal people? Can we just, listen, there is, well, why, a, well, okay, there is a bell curve. There is a, a normal distribution of normal human beings. Why are we always on the outside of the bell curves? Can yeah. we just get normal people back? <laughs> Can we just just some like even see, even on again, the outskirts again, of the normal the, bell curve Get in the back. woke in the woke culture? Again, the Biden administration, you got to go after the extreme fringe to try to prove how accepting you are, right? So you go after these people, and it's the same. It's the it's the far reaching logic, like it's it's the ends of the earth logic, of but it's the same. It comes from the same um, seed impetus of saying, well, our next. Uh, Supreme Court justice is going to be a black woman. So you've got to pick based on these immutable characteristics. These characteristics that whether it's the best person or not. So you know what? Let's do We've got to go out and find somebody that's into bestiality. Like we don't have anybody like that on the administration. So let's prove how woke we are and how accepting and all inclusive. Let's go find somebody that likes to have sex with dogs. So it's the same it comes from the same embryonic seed of thought is is okay we're just going to find people that just fit this classification you know it's got to check that box and we're going to do that well you can't say that about me because I mean, it's like that's the same way it's going you can't call me a racist i got a black friend right uh, what is wrong with having black friends first of all <laughs> well there's nothing wrong with it who was it was it was it doyle that just said that too he was like if what is the threshold that low that you like you can still be a racist and have black friends because that's how you treat your friends? Like- Everything's racist. Or January sixth. You're one or the other. Probably both, Lisa. Yeah, I'm, ge- I'm the first in the gulag. It's fine. I'll, yeah, I'll be there. Like, I'll save like, you a seat. It'll like, be fine. Trust me when I tell you that I just don't give a shit about your opinion. Uh, I, I like again. If Chris or Mark were to tell me as my friends, if they're like, "Bro, you're a racist," I would have to stand up and go. Maybe I need to rethink some ways I do things. No, you wouldn't, because they would. They, they would be. They wouldn't know you either. Like no, right? no you, I'm just saying you don't take that from strangers. You know, I mean, don't read the comments. You don't read the. Don't comments. read the comments. It's kind of fun though. I actually like. I always hold on to that like one really good one. I'm like, that's it. That's the one for somebody compared me one time <laughs> on a debate to Ben Shapiro's sister, and I was like, I didn't know Ben Shapiro had a sister, and I was like. Yes, Does that he? means I'm smart, and I held on to that forever. You know, he does, but, like, that wasn't the comment. <laughs> the point was, is that, like, I, the rest could have been the worst ones in the world. That one, yeah. I held on to that forever. But Normalizing it. And see, you know, people come to me, I can't believe Chad just compared bestiality to people that are... No, no, I said it's the same That's embryonic it. seed thoughts. Anyway, hey, hey we got to take a break. We're coming That is back. not what you're saying. Not what I'm saying. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Hey, um, you know, sometimes, folks, I run across a story that's just so beautiful. I I just want to weep reading it. And in a lot of these cases, the tears are from laughter. Here's the headline. (laughs) Pay close attention. San Francisco homeless man says he moved from Texas because it's easy in the Bay Area. They pay you to be homeless here. 
Friends, I humbly submit for your intellectual digestion the suggestion that this is a beautiful story we're about to watch unfold. The homeless man, known only as James, stated that he received $820 in food stamps every month and has an easy time of it in terms of sleeping on the street because San Francisco doesn't enforce their laws against it. Now that he's reached the Xanadu of leftist governance, James is free to chase his dreams of homelessness and drug use. And it's kind of a beautiful thing in a way, don't you think? I mean, this is the leftist American dream if you really, truly put some thought into it. Here you got this, you know, Johnny Applebaum wending his way across the country to go from the evil land of Texas into the land of milk and honey, or at least the land of free government cheese. Why wouldn't I do it, our hero asks. It's effing free money. Sure, the man probably hasn't had a shower in a few months, and sure, he's out there selling fentanyl to 15-year-olds. I'm not making that part up, by the way, but look at how free he is. The hippie generation morphed from wanting free love to wanting free government handouts, and in California, that's exactly what they get. Acceptance, tolerance, a fat check on the dime of the American taxpayer, and a warm welcome from Gavin Newsom, who says that all of this welcoming of homeless people from around the country is part of the California dream. Suck my... I couldn't agree more. In fact, I think every state in the union should send their indigent homeless population en masse to California. Let's start with Austin, Texas. It's warm there. There are beaches you can sleep on and do drugs. Hell, Joe Biden will even send you there with a free crack pipe in your pocket and a song in your heart. As I said, it's the leftist American dream. Now, here's the not so funny part. Homelessness is astonishingly a massive problem in the United States. We are, for the moment, the richest country in the history of the world, and it's not even close. And yet we have so many homeless people that they form entire shanty towns uh, of their own at times. Addiction and mental illness are in a constant battle to see which one can cause homelessness more quickly and frequently. And there are an awful lot of bingo cases out there where the person has both. And please believe me when I say this, if I thought that, sh that shooting the problem with massive amounts of money and feel-good empathy was going to make the problem go away, I'd probably be for it. But as with most situations, there's a lot more to it than that. The problem with this hippy-dippy mentality of trying to cure a malignant phenomenon with the power of your empathetic tears is that it doesn't work. And in a lot of cases, it makes things worse. So our friend James here, he's got no incentive whatsoever to better his own circumstances because the leftist governance of the state in which he now resides wants to make sure he doesn't. Leftists always need a group of people to pretend to care about. And there's no group easier in the world to trot out as your cause du jour and then cast aside like the literal ragdoll they frequently are. In the meantime, I like to think of James walking the distance between the two cities, his eyes resolutely in front of him, and on the prize of his dreams, a cloud of flies following behind. Wow, what an image. That is truly the American dream. Oh, James. That was a lot. It's a lot. That was a lot. But it goes back to the same thing. You're you're a slave to your if you're a slave to your desires. How free are you? We yeah. really need to rethink what our idea of free in this country means. True, it's true. Um, look, we now they got crack pipes though. Well, you got you got give them a free crack pipe. Well, let's a, be fair. Let's be fair. I think you know I've read, read reading up on the whole crack pipe phenomena. Thirty million dollars. It's it's for uh, cleaning swabs and. Um, lip protectors you're putting like one of the most egregious things in your body ever yeah. and you're really worried about how clean the crack pipe is i really don't think that that's you want to you want to make sure that you've got a mouthpiece for the crack pipe that's they're sending those out so they wanted to be you know the gen like came out and like wanted to make sure that everybody knew that weren't they just like like we're not sending out this was their excuse they said we're not sending out actual crack pipes because that would be too expensive 
So they said we're sending out, you know, the mouthpieces, the rubber tips and stuff like that to be able to. So they want to make sure that it's clean. And see, again, back to your empathy point. It's like, oh, we can't we can't say anything about these people. They have an addiction. Um, well, they're going to keep an addiction as long as you continue to, to enable it, enable it and fund it. And, <clears throat> you know, someone asked me yesterday, they said, you know, what is your what's your attitude towards mental illness in the state of Texas? I said, there, there's no mental health care in the state of Texas. There, there is none. It's got to be expanded because it doesn't exist because we've gotten so politically correct. We won't, we don't want to tell somebody that they're mentally ill. They used to round them up, yeah. okay, and put yeah. them in institutions, and then we're like, oh, and those institutions are gone now, right? And that, that's infringing on their liberty. But how free are they if they're they're exactly. shitting on, on street corners and having sex in public and doing drugs and and terrorizing the rest of us? And here's the thing that pisses people off when I say it: you can't solve poverty with money. You can't do it. Poverty is a spiritual problem. All right. It's it's in here. It's a soul issue. It's so true. You throw all the money you want at a person. That's why a person who's broke wins the lottery is broke again in 12 months. Correct. Because there's a spirit of poverty that's on them. I, I mean. <laughs> but but that that is all exacerbated by how our government is acting. Yeah. Right. The more we give and give and give, the less incentive, like you said, in your monologue. Yeah. People have to do what's right and, and, and work harder for themselves. And there will be people who come at me and say, oh, no, we helped this person out and they're doing great. OK, I understand that there are the singular examples out there that you gave somebody a hand out or a hand up and they did well. With Exception's it. not the rule. That's ex exactly. Stop individualizing every damn thing whenever you're trying to make an example of something. But at the end of the day, that person didn't have a, quote, spirit of poverty. They were just having a hard time. They were in a bad situation. They were at rock bottom, and you were able to get them out of that. They, they, that's not, it wasn't, poverty wasn't in their DNA. And we should be wanting to help those people, or people in general. We yeah. should want some basic safety net. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But, like, you need to encourage, we need to change their mindset. We need to change the culture. We need to encourage people to want to work hard, and that doesn't happen in this country. Right. Chad. Yeah. I want to add a little bit more to this story. The mayor of Richmond, a city 20 miles from San Francisco, has set up a program to match homeless people with local landlords who have empty apartments. Charities are urging local families to take in the homeless people into their homes, spare rooms, um, and garages. I want to know how I, I love the altruistic nature of that. It's so funny. But I want to see how it plays out. You ever see those man on the streets like I think Luke did one where but he goes up yeah. and he's like, how many how many uh, immigrants do you want to take in? Like here, we think we should bring as many yeah. here. And then they're like, OK, now sign how many you can sign up for and how many. Can, and they're all like, oh, no, I wasn't I, I wasn't talking about me. Exactly. I wasn't talking That's about you, me. somebody else. Somebody else. You know, like I, one of the things I've proposed, I think we do need to have small home communities. For you know, homeless people and stuff like that, they're in veterans and and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I you know I, I I love the altruistic suggestion of those things, but they're not going to take them in. They're just not going to do it. Um. Anyway, y'all hang tight. We'll be right back. Yeah, eighth grade sex ed handout asked students to pick pizza toppings for sexual likes, dislikes. Olives meant giving oral. Sixth um, graders, you said? Yeah. 
Eighth. Okay, either way, gross. Eighth grade. Uh, official said it was posted by mistake. Uh, that was a sex ed. Sex ed. Yet I got busted. Um, so now that you know this metaphor for sex, let's explore your preferences. Draw a color, your favorite type of pizza. She included an image of an empty pizza dough round. Instructed students, what's your favorite style pizza? So like uh, cheese was kissing, olives was giving oral. Yeah, so no, no, by all means, keep your kids in public schools. How, how, old, how old are you in eighth grade? You're like, what, 13? 13. 13. Yeah. I'll kill my kids. Beat that ass. I'll kill them. Beat that ass. Honestly, or anybody that tries to touch them at that, that age now. Um, and by the way, everything, everything now is January 6th. So Joe Rogan, CNN compared Joe Rogan um, to January 6th. Uh, so ugh. Pearl Harbor was January 6th, apparently, and so was 9-11. And Everything's now, January 6th. Now just basic comments on race from 10 years ago that offended no one are yep. January 6th. Yep. That's the whole deal. Yeah, apparently, like, there's a Staffer Speaks, like, uh, IG account that was has been going over, um, like, problems that people are having on, on the House. And um, they talk about how staffers are underpaid and how um, they get abused by their members, namely, like, Sheila Jackson Lee and the crazy members like that. It's yeah. a Dem account, so it's, like, so it's a lot of the Dem members that are, like, underpaying their staff and not being diverse and all that stuff. But anyway, MSNBC turns it around and does a thing. Well, you know, staffers really could put up with all the abuse and the low pay and stuff, but now they have to, like, walk past. They're trying to deal with, like, walking past Republican uh, staffers that, you know, think that January 6th was okay. Like, on what planet, A, that was, like, not even the intention of the meme like the meme account or what was going on with the staff, but right. they are twisting every little thing. Like you're, you're walking in the halls with us in Congress and, and you're afraid of what, like that I approved of January 6th. I mean, <laughs> I, everything, everything seems to be a problem. I was there that day. You know that sure. um, it wasn't, it wasn't like they're reporting. I, I, I did undercover black, riot, like the black lives matter riots. And I can tell you a million times over there, a hundred times worse. So, yeah. I'm just so sick of this narrative. It's it's not 9-11. It's not Pearl Harbor. And it certainly isn't any comments that Joe Rogan made that offended no one. Hey, let me clarify before anybody says, oh, she was there. She was a part of the insurrection. Sorry, I worked there. She works for a congressman. <laughs> so <laughs> she was there for work. Correct. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. make sure to clarify. All Sorry that, about so. that. Yeah. No. I wasn't in there like stealing name placards uh, of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I mean, I did get a picture of the chick who did. Yeah. yeah. She's a black girl. <laughs> Funny how that imagine, works. Imagine how that works. Funny She's a nice girl. Works. She seems to be a nice uh, girl. Let's do a uh, TikTok, Chris. As an American citizen, I find it truly disgusting that my country goes 40 steps forward just for people like the governor in Florida to take us 30 steps backwards. Don't say gay, Bill. Are you serious? Don't talk about what I went through and what my fellow gay LGBTQ plus community went through to get me here. Are you serious right now? Is the government sleeping? Why are they letting you do this? Isn't this the free country, the free world, freedom of speech? Don't say gay. That goes against freedom of speech. You cannot sit here and say being gay is not a choice when you're not gay. You don't know that. Now you want to make learning about our history illegal? You are literally making it harder for children to feel comfortable because conservative parents feel like it's not okay. They're not gay. It's not their place to talk about it. Stop being concerned with what other people like. This is disgusting. And Mental health crisis is real. Yeah, he really had it's his real. spirit fingers going. Um, 
I, I'm, a, I'm assuming that guy's gay. <laughs> I, okay. Um, very, very passionate there about Ron DeSantis' gay bill. Don't call it gay. Well, I mean, that is what the G stands for, right? If they change that, I don't know. But what is it? He doesn't want gay history being taught? Yes. I mean, I mean that, what is gay history? And basically is... I mean, go read a book on Harvey Milk. Done. Why do, why do, why do history... We, I, I don't get it. Why does sexual history have to do anything, like, with anything that our kids learn I, at all? Why, exactly. Why at any... And that's the point I'm trying to make. I don't need my kids learning sexual history. I don't need them picking out what anchovies are. <laughs> I got some funny jokes here with that pizza thing, Uh, but I'll leave them alone. Nobody Uh, wants anchovies. Yeah, like nobody eats anchovies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, just always remember: if you want him to eat the groceries, you got to wash the dishes. Um, Get rid of the, get rid of the anchovies. Um, (laughs) Oh my god, I'm, I'm dying here today. So you shouldn't have to teach anybody sexual history. I mean, okay, Alexander the Great did weird things with some of the dudes in his army. We know that. That's about all the sexual history I need to know. But, but we don't need to but know I, that in I the context it, of like how it shaped the no, world. I no, absolutely you know, not. Unacceptable. I, did, I don't need to see you know Colin Farrell in a movie playing Alexander the Great crawling in the bed with another dude. Okay, like teachers. People teachers are now telling their, their students like what their sexual preferences are. Like, I don't need teachers, that. teachers should not be telling kids what they do in their own no, private life. That's, that's why it's not the teacher's role to be teaching identity politics or ideologies or sexual things, social, emotional learning, identity. Any, I've already said that, but I'm saying it again. It's not a teacher's place to teach a kid their identity. It's just not in any way, shape, or form. And, it, and that goes with gender studies. That goes with race studies. That goes with all these different things. Listen, you know... Uh, it, <laughs> Martin Luther King was a great man who did some great things. He had some weird things that went on in his life, too, okay? We know that because we know history. And, and then you want to start, why? I mean, again, because you guys are, are focusing on something that in the grand scheme of things doesn't, doesn't make any difference. It, it fancifies, it, it colorizes history in a way that you don't need to be looking no, at history. No, but it takes away from the great things that people do. Right. So if you are only a matter of like what your sexuality is, it takes away from the good things that you accomplish. Yeah. Right. So so say Martin Luther King, he did good things or great things or that's disputed. <laughs> but my, but my point is, that's how people view it now. Right. If we go, go start to go into his like sexual life and all that stuff, then it diminishes w- what he what his purpose right. was. Same thing with any of the Greek philosophers or. Anybody from our, our founding fathers, yeah. even even Benjamin Franklin had his issues with women when he was in Paris, right? My man. But, but why? Well, we're not talking about that. We're not idealizing it, right? Because it's inconsequential to the actual progress that he made for the world, yeah. right? What, it, there's no point in talking about it. It's gross. It's gross. All right, hang tight. We're right it's back. Gross. 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 We've been saving all the promotional stuff for the end of the shows, but nobody ever watches all the way to the end of the shows except for my faithful followers right there, the Fact Pack. Ah, that's a weird thing. People just don't stick with it. Uh, go to watchchad.com for all the fun stuff is. Uh, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, get you a ticket, come do the dinner and a show at the Texan Theater. 
on February 25th. Uh, we've also got a fundraiser in Dublin, Texas on the 23rd at Lucky Vines Winery and a fundraiser uh, at Moe's Place in Katy on February 27th. Tons of campaign events all around the state, not the least of which will be Texarkana on the 18th. And then we're going to be in Irving on the 24th for the Life Conference. You want to check that out. Uh, more information to come on that. Go to chadonblaze.com. Do a little shopping, like get your Kamala Sucks t-shirt. And then subscribe at chadnude.com because the overtime is coming in two more weeks. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.